Good afternoon to each and every single individual who is watching this IG live show right now here on uh, Kicking It Live with uh, Mr. Phenomenal. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. I am beyond, in fact, uh, you know, excited and it is super amazing to be able to come through and really give off, you know, the show to all of you guys. We are on the 16th episode. Can you imagine? And, uh, you know, we've been pushing. We've been pushing. We've been inspired. And my gosh, it is super amazing to really bring this through. However, before we start off, as always, I'd like to give off a motivational quote and the motivational quote uh, for today is, don't quit. You're already in pain. You're already hurt. Get a reward from it. Darn it. That's amazing. Uh, and that was, well, that was basically a quote from uh, Dr. Eric Thomas, a motivational speaker. Go so, yeah, um, the person that I have for today is, you know, for all terms and purposes, a significant and phenomenal lady. I've been really looking forward, you know, to this interview and I've been, I've had it in my, in my plans for the longest of time, like longest of time. So the fact that she's here is super amazing. Her name is Okay, I'm not going to say the same name because I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I don't want no bad blood with the girl. So what I'm just going to do is that I'm going to bring her in. And we're gonna start off with the show. So yeah, let me just press the magic button and uh, do the things. Let's one. Let's one. Let's one. Let's one. Yep. 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 Let's just wait for the girl to come through. And hey there. Hello. Hey there. Hey there. Hi. How are you? I am great. In fact, man, I am super excited to have an individual like you, you know, on my platform. Man, thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm grateful. I think it's going to be an amazing chat. Of course. And well, well, I hope so. Uh, you know, I would like to really get your thoughts in and around this whole coronavirus pandemic, taking into consideration that, you know, you had a, you know, a video where you expressed your thoughts a month ago about, you know, this pandemic, where we still had like about, I think, 116 cases. Now, fast forward to now, we have like more than 10,000 uh, cases of, you know, um, how can I say confirmed cases. So I'd like to get your thoughts in around this whole you know uh, pandemic all right i think we live in very interesting and rather exciting or not times you know when i shot that video we were only at 100 and something cases as you mentioned i think it was 148 and now we're quite over 10,000. i mean i was shooting that video with the idea that i'm just gonna go home for a week or so go on lockdown and then come back and I stayed at home for about seven weeks because we've been on lockdown, can't travel, can't do anything. So literally the conditions we lived in have changed totally. And I don't know, I think everyone is very uncertain about what's going on, about where we are. And this is affecting you in a lot of ways, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, people are losing their jobs. A lot is happening right now. And I don't think a lot of us can predict what the future holds for our country, for ourselves, our own careers. So, yeah, it's a lot of time for self-evaluation, improvement, and just planning and being creative about what's to come. Talking about um, self-evaluation and, and improvement, I would like to know what is it that you do to really, you know, keep yourself sane, to keep yourself active, and to also stay in, you know, contact or in connection with your school material because you are a, a final year medical student. Okay, so what have we been doing to keep sane? I was at home, so I come from a big family. We spent a lot of time together. We exercised together. That was a lot of fun. But I also wanted my own space. So now that I'm back in varsity, I'm enjoying my own space. Um, mm. I am exercising. So I wake up early, I exercise, I meditate, um, and I journal. So those are the things that I've been doing consistently every single day. Like things might differ as the day goes on, but I know that that's my staple and that's how I start my morning and my day. So that's been keeping me sane. I feel like now, okay, I'm starting my day. It's a new day. It's a fresh start, fresh thoughts, new opportunities. So that's really keeping me on a good baseline and obviously going up from there. 
Most definitely. You know, um, you are a very multifaceted individual as you are in the medical space, also modeling and also you are a YouTube content uh, creator. Uh, so now I would like to, in fact, let me just say this. I'm so fascinated when people who do have the mental capacity to really go out and really be anything in this world and get tons of money for it, but still to, but still opt to really do something which is, you know, um, something that they love and something which is, you know, that will benefit the community. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, medicine or being a medical doctor does not pay because hello, but, you know, you, it, 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 if you are going to be a medical practitioner in this time that we're living, you, you clearly burn out because you are required to work there like 24-7. So now I would like to ask you to please just take us back to those fundamental moments that really led to you making the decision that, hey, listen, I'm going to be a doctor. Grey's anatomy, that's it. I'm joking. <laughs> so that's definitely... <laughs> Shonda Rhimes definitely, definitely influenced a lot. You know, I looked at uh, it and I was like, oh my God, I want to be in it. I loved the drama. But obviously that is like, <laughs> very unrealistic and not what we face um i faced a lot of death in my family you know i lost my dad i lost a brother and a cousin very close family um to sickness you know and uh, i always felt like there was something more we could have done had we know had we, had we had more information you know we always acted late and you know realized that something was wrong and it was too late so i, I wanted to change that man and i come from a community with very very poor health care like it's a very small town with a large community and we don't have resources and a lot of things aren't catered for. So I felt like I could do something about this, you know, and I could probably, you know, be a star like people in Grey's Anatomy. So it all comes <laughs> together. No, I hear you. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, um, death and you are a final year student. And in most cases, you are required to go out and to do some practical work. Now, in a magazine that you were um, mentioned in, I think it is, let me just get the name, Zibizi, you know, uh, magazine, the magazine called Zibizi. Zibizi, oh, oh my gosh. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But in that magazine, right, you, you mentioned that there are, you know, um, tons of trials and tribulations that you go through, you know, being in that, you know, uh, medical space. Um, you mentioned that, you know, the, there was a time where you, you were going through a griefing period when you lost, you know, your first patient. Uh, you really froze when you were busy with, uh, you know, some of your clinical exams and just in general, uh, all of the other um, I'm going to say challenges that, that, you know, people in that space face. So I would like to know, um, how do you, how does one really manage themselves through this, uh, you know, crazy, crazy, um, I'm going to say, uh, crazy, crazy challenges? Sure. That's a good question. And I don't know if I have the answer for you, you know, cause I'm going through it myself. Mm. Um, so with, when it comes to medical students, I mean, stats have shown and proven that a lot of medical students suffer from mental health illnesses. I know a lot of medical students, you know, are depressed and they have anxiety issues. I mean, we even had um, a suicide on our campus because of how stressful the environment is and how sensitive the things we deal with are, right? So I think... Man, and many of us coming from families where mental health and, you know, seeking therapy isn't a norm. And um, I think that's where the, the problem is, you know, that, that we haven't made that as a norm. I know some people have been proactive about it. And like before you even start medicine, I've booked a couple of sessions with my psychologist and do that. So I think that's, that's a really a way we can um, remedy this to make sure that you, you're getting the help that you need because you, someone dies, you lose a patient that you've been taking care of for mm. plus minus a month. And you just go home and carry on like life was normal, you know. You need to be able to process that and, and talk to someone about it and be able, you know, to go through those emotions and reflect on everything that happened. So I think that will play a major role, just being able to be comfortable to find someone to speak to about these things. Because, yeah, life is not normal after that. 
No, I hear you. You know, um, talking about mental health, um, last week I had a person who is, you know, really, a, you know, a mental health activist, Tsapang uh, Mashadzi, and he is, you know, the founder of Next Chapter. Um, and we were talking in and around, you know, you know, the conversation of mental health. Again, we're, you know, in the magazine that, that, you know, I just mentioned, you also spoke about how South Africa really needs a lot of um, psychiatrists, right? And we also need to be more cognizant of, you know, the, 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 the presence of, you know, you know, mental health illnesses. So I would like to know, you know, I would like to get your thoughts, in fact, about the role that mental health really plays during this lockdown period. And a follow-up question to that is, where do you think we'll see ourselves, um, you know, in the next 10 or 20 years, you know, uh, with, with, with eradicating the stigma? Wow, okay. Um, stigma. I need to write stuff down because my thoughts go on tangents and stuff. Okay, so no, you I... asked about mental health lockdown and stigma. So mm. I think... For the lockdown, a lot of people have been talking about it. Like when I was at home watching the news, they were inviting a lot of um, healthcare professionals who know about mental health and they were talking on this, you know, that people are finding ways to cope with the lockdown. You know, it's a new norm and it's okay to complain about it, just how you complain about it, of course. Um, so it's, it's okay to be unsettled with this period, you know. I think that's the most important thing we need to realize when it comes to mental health and dealing with this lockdown. But also it's important to find ways to cope with it. People are cooking. I've been making, I think I made banana bread like five times when I was at home. Like they were sick of it. But I'm like, hey, I enjoy it. You know, people are exercising. People are reading. They're podcasting. There's a lot of different things that we're dealing with. I think the people that I'm also concerned with are people who are already dealing with mental health issues. And now the risk of exposing yourself to COVID-19, wanting to go see a therapist, and maybe they're not available and I mean, if you're not fortunate enough to have technology that still keeps you connected to the healthcare professionals that you might need, you know, that puts you in a bit of a hefty situation. But I think, I mean, a lot of us have been affected in one way or another, you know, because our, our lives has been, have been stopped. This is not normal. And we, we're having to adapt into the space and we don't know for how long. I think if there was a timeline, then maybe we'd have an idea. But because it's so uncertain and we don't know, that also adds a certain element to it. And then you also asked about stigma. How do we get rid of stigma? I also want to know. Um, sure, I think it starts, we can start with the kids now. You know, with our, with our parents, it's going to be a bit difficult, you know, with the older generation. But I think now using and really, really utilizing um, life orientation and every other subject really to, to be able to encompass mental health, you know, the brain is a part of the body that gets sick, like the heart, like the kidneys, like your lungs, everything, you know. So just normalizing that and making sure that people understand that so that when something happens, we're able to notice it early, like a child, stage and stuff, but maybe that girl is just going through stuff. And she needs, you know, professional help to deal with that. So I think just teaching this from a young age, um, then for the next generation, definitely we're breaking down this thing. And talking about it right now, people, our generation, you and I, our peers, we're getting better at it. You know, we're becoming more and more comfortable seeking help, realizing that, okay, I'm not okay. And it's okay for me to go and see a psychologist. So I think that's, that's the step. No, most definitely. Now I'm just going to make the switch. You know, I've always been fascinated about the modeling industry. This is a very powerful platform and where people go out and, you know, express their beauty, express, you know, their fashion sense. And also in, in, in certain cases also get to express, you know, their thoughts on uh, certain issues and topics. Uh, so now I would like to know, were you always that girl who loved, you know, dressing well and being like, oh, hey, hi, how you doing? You're looking at me. Okay. Um, or was it, something that you just stumbled upon was modeling something that you just stumbled upon in your life journey or was it just something in general that you always loved so that's an interesting question um modeling is something let's say being in front of a camera being able to tell stories and share my work with people has been something that I've always wanted as a kid. I remember as a child, so we used to grow up watching the news, like when we bath in the morning, watching the news and stuff. 
And so after the news at E, there used to be crazy kids or news TV, kids news, kids news. That, that was the thing. And it yeah. was people our age reading the news to kids my age back then. And I was like in primary school. And I always used to get so mad about that. Like I'd literally tell my dad, I'm like, I'm supposed to be reading that. Not people so old, you uh. know? So I've always just wanted to be in front of the screen, like doing something. And given that uh, I come from a big village, there weren't really any opportunities, especially in this industry. And I went to boarding schools. So also I'm closed in. So when I got to Cape Town, um, one of the first things I did was I Googled and I joined a modeling agency. Like I, I applied to a couple and I decided, okay, now this is my time. So when I was in that space, I took the opportunity and I just haven't looked back since then. No, most so definitely. That is, that is really amazing to hear. You know, a lot of people tend to really talk about their dreams and be like, you know, I want to be this or I want to be that. I want to reach this or I want to reach that. But then at the same time, they don't really, really mean it and they don't really want to go out and really attain that. Now, you are a model and you participated in the, you know, Miss South Africa, you know, um, competition in 2018. And also, in addition to that, you are a semi-finalist. So, taking into consideration that you are a girl who comes from a small town called, you know, uh, Bergville, um, how was the experience of really from auditioning to really the, the, the final position that you ended up finding yourself in? Oh, Miss Essay, very similar to my modeling journey. I have wanted to do it. But the time that I did it, I hadn't planned on doing it then. You know, it was a very sporadic thing. It's something that I always wanted, but the execution time was very sporadic. But the experience was really good for me and it propelled me forward in many ways. Like, it was good for my community, you know. Uh, one of the great things that came out of it, I was on the cover of Isolezre. It's literally the biggest newspaper in, in KZN and everyone buys it. So from then on, people were just like, oh my gosh, what's it big really? And she's in Miss Essay. So it was just really amazing energy and excitement around it that you oh my word, we have a possible candidate, you know, a potential Miss South Africa at Big Vili. So that was really exciting for me. And then from that, the people that I was able to meet and connect with because of the, of the position I was in at the time, you know, so I, there's an organization that I'm working really well with now that I joined because I was there. I've gotten a few jobs because they're like, ah, oh, that girl from a big wheel. No, like big wheel, we have someone who does this, who led to this. So it really gave me a platform to be able to network with people because of where I was and then have, you know, maintaining those networks and those connections. And um, it was just good to be in that platform, that experience. Should I want to do this again? Now I know what to do. I know what to expect. I really enjoyed it. Maybe my timing wasn't perfect, but I, I'm glad I entered. You know, it was, it was a good experience. So uh, are we going to see you go Miss South Africa 2021 or like... Like, oh, let's just say, let's just say, let's get this degree and then we can talk some more. Okay. No, most definitely. You know, when I, when I look at you, Nam, um, I see a Margo Fargo. When I look at you, I see a Zosbini Tunzi, right? Individuals, phenomenal women who, you know, really adore in fact they appreciate you know their natural hair and they choose to really you know um compete with it right not necessarily adding am i extension or anything like that no they're like no this is how we're going to go about it miss south africa 2018 you went out and you 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 really you know how can i say compete you know um with your with your hair your natural hair and so forth so i would like to know um was that decision influenced by you wanting to make a statement in the industry to, you know, black women out there? Or was it just something that you were like, you know what, I'm just naturally, you know, comfortable with my hair. It's not like I'm doing it for people. I just love my hair. What was the, you know, the thinking or, you know, the motivation behind it? Mm. I think, man, yo, the thing with black women's hair is that it's so political. It's such a political mm. statement. And in whichever space you earn as a black woman, your hair will always be judged. There'll always be something that someone wants to say about it. So I think, um, okay, so I've been natural since like my whole high school career. I, I stopped relaxing when I went into high school. 
So that's that's the case. So I've always been like that. And then when I entered Miss Essay, I was like, okay, I'm not going to try and add anything to it because not that I was proving a point, but I was sending a message across, you know, that it's okay to be you, it's okay to be me. And should anything happen or come out of this, I want to look like me and I want girls who look like me, who have hair like mine, to realize that they can also do it and they don't need to change themselves. And if they want to, that's also okay, you know, but I just wanted to be comfortable with my natural hair on a national stage, you know, for young girls like myself from places like where I come from to see that as a symbol of also success, of being great, being intelligent and still being beautiful and all of that. So yeah, it was a, both of those aspects. So now we have a question from uh, pureman underscore Nzima. She's asking, I have a question for you, Leitu. Registering in a model agency is really like, a, you know, is it really like advisable to be under an agent and is it worthwhile? Okay, so especially when you're starting off, I would definitely advise that you join an agency because first of all, you don't know the industry, you don't know the people, you don't know the clients, you don't know the costing and agencies. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into modeling. Check out my YouTube channel for more information. <laughs> so I definitely say join an agency um, there are a lot of agencies that you can join and make sure that it's not scams because also scams are coming up, guys. An agency won't make you pay to join an agency because um, they, they haven't done anything for you. But once you start making money, then they also get paid. So just watch out for that. But definitely join an agency. I definitely advise it. They'll tell you where to go for auditions. They'll tell you what's working for you, what's not, what's popping in the industry, what clients are looking for. They'll definitely guide you. Maybe if you, once you're in and you know, you've settled, you, you know clients, they know you're in the industry, then you can branch off. I know a few people who are modeling independently it is a bit more challenging and you have to like put extra work in it, but starting off agency, definitely. Well, I hope you basically got it, you know, um, you know, to the person who was asking and, you know, talking about your YouTube channel, you know, we live in a generation where, you know, there is a, how can I say it, a very instant and radical sharing of, uh, you know, information, whether it be good or bad, fake or true. Right. And I love it when, you know, public figures such as, for example, Nicolette uh, Mashili, uh, you know, when she goes out and she uses her influence and, you know, a social media platform to really go out and to teach people or to give off information about, you know, how to, you know, be much more wiser when it comes to your finances and how to, you know, invest, yada, yada, yada. Um, and when I look at your show, when I watch your show, it has a similar, you know, a similar feel to it right yes i understand of course you're not doing anything regarding you know um how can i say investing and so forth but what you what you tackle is that you tackle you know um being a student right you tackle about like how to become a model and 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 so many topics which are related to things that you do so i would like to get the motivation behind why you wanted to start this channel Oh, uh, good question. Um, YouTube is um, taking advantage of the technology that we have right now. I realized the reach that it has. And my very first video was actually on contraceptives. We have crazy, crazy rates of um, teenage pregnancies. And that's something I've always wanted to tackle. And um, so in terms of health in my community, I've always wanted to be an advocate in some way, but just didn't know how and how to get the message across because what's lacking is knowledge and access to resources or access to knowledge itself. And I wanted to, you know, kind of solve that problem. So I realized I'm like, okay, I have all this health information that I've learned because I'm doing medicine and I want to share it with my people. You know, a lot of young people are sexually active, but they don't know how to protect themselves. Men run away from pregnancy. Women don't always have that option. So I need a platform where I can share this information and be like, you know what, go get contraceptives. So I decided I'm going to start a YouTube channel. You know, a lot of people ask me about the modeling stuff. And I'm like, you know what, it's a great platform for it, you know, and I'm a student. So basically sharing what I'm involved in with people, making like getting to connect with people in that space and potentially going big on YouTube and eventually getting financing from it as well. No, most definitely. And, you know, talking about, you know, that uh, episode about contraceptives and so forth, um, a lot of us, are, you know, um, we are used to, you know, the, the, how can I say the most famous um, contraceptive, which is like, you know, the condom and, 
so forth. So I would like to get to know what other, you know, forms of, how can I say, contraceptives that people can really, you know, how can I say, use for those who probably are, yeah, they, they used to, you know, they, they are familiar with, you know, the pill and so forth, but then they like to get more information about it. I think it's the men that only know the condom because obviously they haven't been to contraception. <laughs> um, so contraception, there's lots of options, good people, so, so many options. Um, there's the pill, as you said, condom first one. There's the pill. So it's a pill that you take every single day. Um, that's a lot of admin. So you can just set an alarm and then you take it every day. You fetch it at the clinic. They probably give you like three or two months and then you just go fetch it. There's an injection. So it's an injection. You either get it in three months or six months. So every third month or sixth month, depending on which time you choose, you get the injection. There is also a patch, not the most reliable. So it's a patch that you put on your arm. Uh, it can come off. It's not really reliable. There's IUDs. So IUDs have been a heated topic on social media. So IUD stands for intrauterine device. So it's literally a T-shaped device um, that's either copper or it's either hormone that they put up your uterus. And then that also prevents pregnancy. And that stays in for five years, you know. So you know for five years you're safe. And then there's also an implant. So it's a very small rod that they put just under your skin not painful at all and then you have that for about three years so unlike the pill and the injection you don't have to remember constantly taking the stuff every day so yeah there's definitely lots of options if you want to know more about them check out my first video on my youtube channel i explain in detail about how each one works you know the side effects the benefits of each so definitely check that out there's quite a few options so please use them and if you're a man listening to this you also need to know about this let your girlfriend know about it so that you guys are both safe this is, this is, you know, for all of those who are wondering, you know, what her Instagram handle is, I'll definitely share it on my stories and, you know, really go support the girl. You know, the, the, the videos in and of itself are super amazing. And, you know, I would like to touch on your, you know, one of the videos that you're talking about, you know, your Nivea um, ad gig that you had. Um, FYI, now I use Vaseline, but after watching that, I was like, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll think about maybe using <laughs> Nivea. Yes, 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 um, but you know, in, 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 in that video, yes, you go, you, you show us the, you know, the, the clip of, of, you know, the ad. But before that, you also told, you know, you, you take us through the journey before getting that gig. And also in one of your other videos on how to be a model, you also, exp- you know, explain um, how, you know, how to become a model, right? Um, one of the things that you mentioned also is that you get rejected a lot. In this industry, you get rejected a lot. And, um, you know, when people look at that, they're like, ah, oh, but, 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 but. Um, so I would like to really get why, why did you feel that it was important for you to really, you know, be as cutthroat, as direct as possible about the industry? So firstly, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. And, you know, it seems like you really went deep into my content. I, and I appreciate that so much. So I think the realities of the modeling industry some of them are very crude, you know, that, you know, they will judge your body. They'll judge how you look. I mean, one of the first agencies that I wanted to join, they told me that I am, my circumference and my height don't match what they look for. So essentially, they were just being diplomatic about telling me that I'm too fat for them, you know. So those are the crude things that you hear. You know, one girl was told that she must just go exercise for three months and then come back, run five kilometers a day. That's how rude the industry can be. So I just need to share the truths of that, you know. And then once you're inside, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the job, you know. It doesn't mean that because now I've shot this Nivea commercial that I'm booking jobs anywhere because that's not the case. In the industry, like, I think most people who are in will attest to the fact that you get more no's than you do yesterday. But it's just how amazing that yes is and how meaningful, it makes it more meaningful, you know, even to get that yes. So we just need to realize that it's not just all glamorous and beautiful and touch skin, Nivea, beautiful skin. It's really not all that. There's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of self-work and mental energy that you need to invest in being okay with realizing that, you know what, 
I'm not the problem. I'm just not the person you were looking for for this job. And there's something else waiting. Something even better. Because I mean, I actually auditioned for Nivea for three years before that. Like I was actually going through my journal over here, and I realized actually this week when I was journaling, I was just reading back in my journal, and I realized that in 2018 already, I went to a plastic surgery and I looked at it and I was like, "Yo, I'll pray that I get this job," and I didn't. And then I was like, "Oh my word!" In 2019, I was literally reading something that I wrote about a year ago. So yeah, that's how it happens. Rejection is real. <laughs> You know, um, other than you know, uh, you know, the 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 industry. I would like to get your thoughts in and around how people can get over, you know, the fear of rejection, whether it be at work or in relationships. Because now I won't lie, like I I, I won't lie. Even me, like you know, I I don't like rejection. I won't lie. It's scary. It's scary. The thought, and especially for guys, because we out here we bring to the folks like, yeah, no, I can get that girl. Hey, 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 and then. You know, so I would like to get your thoughts about that. How how can one really deal with with the fear of you know rejection? Sure. So, you know, the thing about fearing rejection is that it stops you from trying something new, something that could be amazing, and that's something that you just need to overcome and be able to be willing to fail. You know, because um, J.K. Rowling says that. If you live a life and you don't fail, you might as well have you not know, lived. Something I'm paraphrasing. So anyway, the thing is, failure is normal, and you need to be okay with that, right? So you need to be okay with the chance and the possibility that you might not really get what you're looking for. You might not get the job. You might, you know, not get the goal that you want because that's just life and that's how it is. But you might also get it. So that's the thing. So that's why you need to play in the game because that's literally what it is. What if you get it? So you can't live your life saying, "What if I did it and I had gotten it?" So I think that's what keeps me going. Like you know, what? I'm fine. I'm gonna get rejected for this job, but I know there's something better. So also just knowing that you know, this goodness following you and this goodness coming your way, and regardless of what happens now, like. Good things just follow me, so I think that's what's also keeping me going. That I need to do it in order for me to know whether I can or not, and whether I would succeed or not. I need to have started and I need to have done something. Actually, I have a question for you before you ask me something else. Why are you called Mr. Phenomenal? Oh my gosh! Uh, okay. Um. Well, put me on the spot. But yeah. Um. Well, to answer your question, um. You know, I was the vice head boy of you know my high school. Yeah. And so. Smith High, yes. So now what happened was that, you know, um, at the first day of school, um, I, I asked the principal if I could just give a speech, you know, because I just loved public speaking so much. <laughs> and in my speech, I kept on saying, you're phenomenal, you're phenomenal, you're phenomenal. So people were like, oh, Mr. Phenomenal. So, you know, it, it, it really came from that. Do you feel like you're living up to that? Well, listen, um, it you is, getting, you know, you know, I won't, I won't lie at times, you know, there was a point in, in, in my life in where I was like super scared because I was like, man, you know, people are calling me Mr. Phenomenal and, you know, the standards and so forth. But right now, you know, I'm in a space where I'm like, I really don't care. I truly do believe that I am living to that. I, I truly do believe that, you know, I am, you know, phenomenal for all terms and purposes. But then, Shifting the show back to you. I saw, I saw. <laughs> uh, taking, taking, or well, talking about, you know, um, journaling, right? In, in, in the magazine, you know, that, that we were talking about, you talk about like in one of the tips that you just gave people, you're like, Yazin, guys, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta journal. Journaling is good. You gotta, you gotta journal. So I don't, I don't, honestly, for me, I don't, right? But like, I'm open to it, right? So I would like to know, you know, why do you feel that, in fact, I would like to ask Vela Vela, why do you journal? Like, why do you feel that it is important to journal? Okay. I, I think journaling, I started it recently. Well, three years ago, so I don't know if that's recent, but I haven't been consistent with it, to be honest. I think it's a good outlet. So I'm generally not a really open person. I find it difficult to open up to people, whether close or distant. 
and the people around me can attest to that. So, and I need to track my thoughts and my brain just goes ahead of me sometimes and I'm just all over the place and then the social media, like everything, like I hate clutter. So I need to take it somewhere, you know. So I, I enjoy journaling and because now I do it in the morning, it helps me, you know, start a new day, every day afresh, you know. Um, I process my thoughts uh, where I am. I'm able to track that down, how I'm feeling that day, what my goals are, what I want to reach, what I'm grateful for. And what I think the most amazing thing for me is that what I write down happens and things that get planned get done, you know. And also, even if they don't, in retrospect, I enjoy reading back into where I was, like in track where I am now. You know, I'm telling you now that I was reading uh, a journaling, a journal entry from 2018 that I only read this year that I, I wrote about Nivea. So I sort of manifested that, you know. So it's also about manifesting the things that I want and just putting it down in paper, being able to see it and believe it and feel it. Because I usually put my journaling with my meditation in a journal. So I'm finding that to be a good, you know, frequency. It puts me in a good frequency. So I definitely recommend journaling. It's, it's very difficult at first because you're like, what do I write about? You know, but there are a lot of YouTube videos guiding you. Okay, maybe firstly, write every day, just write down 10 things that you're grateful for, five things that you're grateful for. Write down what you want. Write down how you're feeling in that moment. Write down what happened in that day and how that made you feel or how you reacted and how you wish you would have reacted. So there's a lot of different things to write in your journal and it's just... It comes with time, you know, so I'm glad you opened to it. I think, I think, yeah, let's do a challenge. I think, I think <laughs> you should start journaling, you know. No, 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 it's okay. You can start, like, give yourself four weeks, right? So in a week, I'll at least make three journal entries. So I know maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm making a journal entry. And I'm going to write what I'm grateful for. I'm going to write what I want and how I'm feeling that day. And then you just see how it is for a month. You know, you track back. You realize, okay, this is how I did this month. This is how I felt. How I reacted to the situation and how I want things to unfold from here forth. So I think, yeah, that's the whole vibe of journaling. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know, I'll, I'll do it if, if, if like, you'll, you know, like, if you'll be my accountability partner. I don't mind. I don't like because now I'm like, okay, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> guys, keep me accountable. Like after a month, just remember, ne? <laughs> you know, led to um, one of the things that really make me relate to you is that, you know, um, we were both raised by single mothers. And, you know, in, in the space that we're living right now, you know, it, it really is tough for, for women to really, you know, step up and to really, well, well, not necessarily stepping up, but then for providing for their children and so forth and, and, and always being there and always being present and so forth. It's really hard, right? And I remember my aunt giving me a, you know, uh, telling us when we were younger that, you know, there are times when your mother cries her eyes out. But the moment when you walk in, her children, she removes those tears and she smiles again. So mm. I would like to know, what are the top five things that your mother instilled in you? Taking into consideration what you've, what you've you know, achieved and, and, and the lives that you've influenced. What do you think are the top five things that your mother you know, really instilled in you? Sure. I think the first thing is work ethic. My mom, my mom works. My mom pushes hard regardless of circumstance. Remember that one year she was sick in bed with no energy, like she was dying, you know. And she told she's like, no, I'm going to write my exam. I'm studying. And that's when I was like, wow, this woman, like, you study can wait. You know? But she's like, no, I need to graduate. I'm doing this. So I think work ethic and just pulling through with whatever I've committed myself to. My mom was really just work ethic person, so that's one. Number two is selfless. Being selfless. I'm not saying I'm selfless, but she's really pushed that all of us, like my siblings. She's really just she puts people first. You know, she puts us before her. She puts other people's needs and wants for herself. And sometimes it, it actually gets me because I'm like, you know, sometimes you need to put yourself first. You know. She, she's more selfless, selfless than selfish. And I'm like, sometimes you need to go to more than what's selfish. Like, 
it's always about the next person. And I'm like, ah, mama, you matter too, you know? So this guy, taking me in, she's loving, man. Like, this is such a kind human, and we need to give and receive love and be in a space where we're able to do that. And my mom is not an expressive person. She won't tell you I love you, but she shows you and does things that really just affirm the love. Thirdly, leadership. My gosh, I think she's had to lead a household of the six boys and myself. So she had to be a leader, whether she liked it or not. Um, she was the more authoritative one, even like when my dad was still around. So she really instilled that in me. And I was also like the only girl in boys. So I really had to like step up so my voice is heard if I want to be heard, if I want to say something. So there was really a lot of that, like, yo be a leader and lastly my mom is a praying woman like she's a church woman and anything happens and I'm like that's the issue we go to she's like yo I mean I pray like I don't care what's going on I mean I pray to a living God so just being spiritually connected is one of God from that as well that is that is really amazing that is super phenomenal Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for really, you know, sharing, you know, all of your thoughts and ideas on certain things. However, we have to play a game. We have to play a game. As always, always, as always, how much of you know do you really know? So now, I'm going to ask you five questions. In those five questions, you have options attached to those questions. And you can choose either A, B, C, or D. Now, I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this. Nobody has won this except one girl. One. <laughs> her name is Anel. Ngobes. Ngobes, I know her. That's my home girl. And she comes, and she comes from Epicville. So, girl, don't disappoint. <laughs> No don't, pressure, don't, thank you. Don't, don't, don't. Because, like, I bought you for a reason. Don't, don't, hear. Yeah, don't. <laughs> pressure, man. Typo. Phew. I am a human. Okay, okay, okay. Can Back I open my Google? Can I keep Google ready? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ah, ah, ah. Okay. <laughs> and okay, me. who are watching, don't you dare help her. Please, no. <laughs> okay, question number one. Who plays the role of Nomonde Jali, a.k.a. Monde, in the famous South African TV drama series Lockdown? Is it A, Dawn Tandek, B, Lucia Cooper, C, Zola Nombona D Nomsa Butelezi. I know it's A or C. I choose one girl. Choose one. Choose one. I choose both. Right. <laughs> um I'll go with C. Are you sure? Tami, Tami wants to tell me something. Don't do it. What does what does their hair look like? Just something with their hair. Well, let's say short. See, it's all a number. It's Yeah. You got it right, girl. You got it right. Come on, come on. Let's give it up to the girl. Come on, come on. Okay. Next question. American R&B singer and songwriter. Her has gone to make hit tracks such as Best Part with Daniel Caesar, Changes, Focus, and Slide featuring YG, to name a few. And she was born in 27 June 1997, California, US. So now I would like to know, what is her real name? Is it A, Gabriella Wilson? B, Ella May? C, me, Megan Pete. D, Melanie 
Fiona. It's definitely not LMA. I don't know about the others, but C sounds a bit weird, and I'm like, maybe that's why she said her name isn't her. I don't know. I saw it. I saw it circle in your face. I think it's C. Are you yeah, sure? I hope I'm right. Don't ask me that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not afraid I'm, of rejection. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Well. Unfortunately, you got it wrong. Oh, you're right. Don't say it. Don't say it. The answer is A. Gabriella. I didn't know that. Sorry, Gabriella. We live and we learn. We live and we learn. Next question. Who captained the Springbok rugby team? Which won the 2007 IRB World Cup held in France? Is no, I'm asking about the recent one. Is it A. Sia Colisi? B. Francois Pina? C. John Smith? D. John Devilius? It's C or D. Um, what are the last two options? John Smith and John Devilius. Yeah, it's one of the Afrikaans boys. Um, I will take the wild guess and go with Devilius. Are you sure? Ah, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why are they raising their hands? I don't know. That's great. Are you sure? No. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Let's give it up for the girl. It's John Smith, people. It's John Smith. She got it right. She got it right. She got it right. Okay. Thank you, Zima. Okay. Yeah, mom. <laughs> Okay, next question. And please, Wabana, if you get this one wrong, Angaz, I don't know you. I like, like. You put it so much on me. Damn. Okay. Okay. Which doctor was the first to perform a human heart transplant in the world? On the 3rd of December, 1967, at Hortuskir Hospital, Cape Town. Is it A, Meredith Gray? <laughs> yes. <laughs> B, Dr. Devi Shetty. C, Dr. Christian Bernard. D, Dr. James Mork. You know what? There's a very big story around this. And there's a black guy who actually helped the actual surgeon who's not actually mentioned in literature. And I'd really love to give him, you know, some praise. I forgot his name now. But it's Christian Barnard. Are you sure? Ah! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I sure? I-, I have to know. I have to know. Like, how sure? Are you sure? Okay. No, you got it right, girl. You got it right. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Last question. Last question. Focus. Focus. Who won Miss South Africa in 2017? Is it A, Zozibini Tunzi? B, Demi Lay Nell Peters? C. Tamron Green. D. Rolene Strauss. Danny Lee. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> I am the next year. I know this. <laughs> come on, come on. You got four out of five. Four out of five. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Let's give it up for the girl. Let's give it up for the girl. Come on, come on, come on. Four out of five. 
You know, what you wish. <laughs> okay, I know it's still, still, still there, still the winner, right? Um, but Kuzolung, yes, yes, Kuzolung. Oh, my mom, it's the trophy is still in Bergville. I am happy. I am okay. <laughs> um, let to listen, man. I would like to say again, thank you so so much for coming in. It was just a you know super amazing time having you come by to share your thoughts and so forth. You are for all terms and purposes a phenomenal lady. I thank you so so much. Um, you know, when women go out and really go out and do great things or do things in which at first they were not as privileged to, you know, be in, I'm so inspired. I'm so inspired. And, you know, you are the most, and I don't want to lie, you are a very important and a very relevant person, right? And I thank you. I thank you so, so much. And in your journey, I just wish you nothing but goodness. Wish you nothing but light. I really hope and I pray that you influence as many people as possible as you've done this young man right here. Because I was watching your shows and I wouldn't lie. At first I was just watching to just you know, for the show, but I really sat down and I took as much from it. And I won't lie, I loved it. So again, see a bomb. May you keep on moving. Thank you. May you keep on thriving and may you keep on becoming. Thank you so much. Sure. I like that so much. Thank you for having me. I think it's such an amazing platform. You're keeping us busy, occupied, entertained, and learning during this lockdown. Thank you. Like, you're doing such an amazing job. It's phenomenal. Thank you so much. Guys, guys, she said phenomenal. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. But Thank you so, so much. And hey, man, we should just stay in connection because you are, I, you're the one. You're the one. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Now, there was a Letukwenama, a phenomenal person. Like, I like her. Like, I like her vibe. I don't know about y'all, but now I like her vibe. Like, you know, I followed her via, um, as this YouTube, and you know, I've also been, you know, checking her Instagram for good, for show purposes, people, like, for show purposes, please. But yes, looking at a page, you know, and, you know, just really taking as much from her, and you know, she's, she's really amazing. She was, you know, a semi-finalist at, you know, Miss South Africa 2018, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we will see her again, and this time, she'll be on the other side, winning the things. And I'll be like, I knew her. No, I'm just kidding. But yes, no, no, like for real, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. But anyways, thanks so much for coming in. And thank you so much for tuning in here. I'm kicking it live with Mr. Phenomenal. It's always amazing to have all of you guys come through and to share this platform with me. It is, for all terms and purposes, phenomenal. So do tune in this coming Thursday as we're going to have another guest. Who you ask? Shem. I'm not going to tell you. But do come through. Do come in. I love you guys so, so much. Thanks so much for supporting. And hey, you're significant. You're phenomenal. And Mr. Phenomenal loves you. Take care, guys.